Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now let's meet tonight's panel. Thanks, Spencer. But before we meet this all-star panel, it's producer Rich here to give you a heads up that due to recording difficulties in the theater, the audio is less than ideal to start with, and then clears up around the nine and a half minute mark. After that, and I don't mean to be hyperbolic, you will be rewarded with one of the greatest endings in game show history. Now, let's get the show started and send it back down to your host, Spencer Hamilton. Welcome to Let's Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy game show of questioning answers, answering questions. We're going to do both of those things tonight. Uh, let's, uh, let's find out what our theme for the night is. Star Wars versus wrestling. This is uh, the potential championship belt that either team could have won in a different universe. Uh, let's start by uh, meeting our, our players for tonight. Um, let's start with, uh, do we have a team name over here? Yes, we do. Okay. Your team name is? Liz Anders, Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> okay. So a specific reference to Liz Anderson is in the crowd? Yeah. <laughs> You've got one person on your side. We're also playing for the uh, Naperville Boys Hockey League. Uh, so, yeah. They're good boys. All of our, all of our money's we win goes all to the... All the proceeds uh, will go to the Yeah, yeah. Naperville. Because uh, we, we know how much the people of Naperville need that yeah. money. <laughs> boys especially. Yeah. Remind me of the team name one more time. Liz Anders' Liz Anders' Sons of Anarchy. How could you forget yeah. that? How could I... Two and uh, the, the Naperville Pee Wee hockey team's called the the Lil Assholes. <laughs> the Lil Assholes. Okay, very very good. Uh, and let's let's meet our our players uh, as individuals. Do you want to start on the uh, far end here? Sure. My name is Cole Cabana. Uh, that is my fake name. <laughs> <laughs> you just tell us what you're called. Fake names? Yeah, I don't use fake names. Did I not tell you that? No. In that case, I am Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm a I'm a pro wrestler. Yeah, hell yeah. Awesome. Thank and you. he's hot as hell, ladies. Whoa, stop it. And I have, uh, oh man, I've maybe seen like a Star Wars. Oh, that, that's probably fine. I'm sure that won't matter. Okay. Uh, great. And, and the Colts, right? Uh, my name is Matt. I would like to say Colts alt, right? Oh, Thank right. you. Uh, so we'll be playing the role of the heel tonight. Wow. My name is Marty Rosa, and I'm a, a professional wrestling uh, commentator and enthusiast and I wrestled one time and I thought that last Star Wars movie uh, wasn't good but not because there was a lot of women stuff in it alright <laughs> uh, I, I agree uh, and, and finally my name is Sarah Shockey I uh, drew a tattoo that David Arquette has on his body wow. that's true <laughs> of wrestling of wrestling, of wrestling. Oh, okay. and I went to states for tennis two years in a row <laughs> Hey, which states? The two of them? Michigan and Michigan. Oh, okay. 
Uh, and and uh, over here, uh, what is our team name on the right? Uh, so we, we thought we would promote sort of a sense of uh, unity between the two teams. So uh, our name is a combination of our favorite Star Wars character and our favorite wrestling move. Uh, so that's uh, <laughs> Kick Flip Snow. Uh, of course, a combination of uh, Jedi Master Kit Fisto and the canon wrestling move, the kickflip. Right. <laughs> the, the kickflip, right. And if you're, if, you're a, if you're a bad guy who does a kickflip, it's known as a heel flip. Mm-hmm. 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 That was a fucking funny joke. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, I really got to give it up more for good jokes. Uh, there aren't going to be many of them. <laughs> truly, truly not. If no. you let them fly by... It's gonna be a long night. What? Buckle up. Hey, what what is a kickflip? We're us jocks were wondering. Yes, uh, especially the wrestler who's wrestling twenty years. Because I know it's a skateboard. I know no, it's a skateboard no, no, no. Trick, it's, it's one of the, one of the wrestling big canon of, of wrestling moves, like like the ollie or the nollie. Sure, sure, sure. The indie nose bone. Yes, yes, yes. The indie nose bone. That one is legends, actually. <laughs> Very, very good. Uh, and I want to point out, we are we are uh, actually playing against the Naperville Boys Hockey Team. <laughs> if we win, we'll confiscate their hockey sticks and give them asthma inhalers and comic books. Right. <laughs> and our team name is the Giant Assholes. <laughs> As opposed to the Little Assholes. Fantastic. Uh, and what's me our players? Uh, yeah, so my fake name is Johnny O'Mara Sr. My real name is Johnny O'Mara Jr. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, cool. That's all. I'm James D'Amato. I am a professional podcaster. You are allowed to boo. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I didn't work very hard for it. <laughs> we forgot to mention all three of us are professional podcasters. Yes. That, that is true. Yeah, everyone on stage is a podcaster. You are allowed to boo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're getting better. I'd say I'm a pro-am podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd say I'm a highly <laughs> unprofessional podcaster. So. <laughs> and, uh, and unprofessional podcaster, your name is? Uh, Pranks Ball. Pranks Ball. All right, fantastic. And, and how you want? No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, uh, so what's going to happen is we, we've got some people who love Star Wars. We've got some people who love wrestling. Uh, I assume the Star Wars people know nothing about wrestling. I assume the wrestling people know nothing about Star Wars. So we're going to change that tonight. Okay. And I'm going to be asking the wrestling people exclusively Star Wars questions mm-hmm. and vice versa. But we don't worry. this right after we drop that kickflip knowledge on you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but don't worry. I'm, I'm going to put it in terms that everybody understands, okay? Okay. okay. So uh, we'll, we'll start with a, a question for my, uh, my Star Wars people here. Uh, the Monday Night Wars began on Labor Day 1995 with the premiere of WCW's Monday Nitro. And to put it in terms you understand... Think of it like the start of the Galactic Civil War. Okay? <laughs> yeah. uh, so for the next several years, WCW and WWF competed directly on the same day at the same time. On the inaugural episode of Monday Nitro, uh, which took place at the Mall of America, we witnessed Hulk Hogan cut the ribbon. We witnessed Hulk Hogan cut the ribbon on his fully armed and operational spaghetti station. <laughs> Pasta mania. This restaurant was doomed to be permanently shut down soon after its grand unveiling. And much like the re-release of A New Hope 20 years later, digital artists would go back and add a much better explosion to the closing. <laughs> now, besides Hulk Hogan, there was another brawler slash movie star, I guess, uh, who had his own ill-fated excursion into the world of food and beverage, and that man's name is Steven Seagal. Mm-hmm. So my question for you. In 2005, what food or beverage-related venture did Steven Seagal attempt to sell to us? This sucks, because it's going to be so much dumber than whatever we get. Yep. <laughs> you mean we already know the answer? Yeah. Uh, so you have, you have 15 seconds. All right. Don't you tell me your words are needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
All right, that's going to be time. Oh, what do we, what do we think? In, in 2005, what does Steven Seagal try to sell us? Uh, put like protein gushers. Protein, <laughs> protein gushers. Uh, I, have a, I have a question. Yeah. Were they like, like milky flavored? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they had all different flavors, but like. Wait, what were the flavors? Uh, like, uh, seagull flavored. <laughs> uh, like a strawberry cream. What was the number one seller? Orange sickle. Well, none. That's why the oh yeah, that's the whole point. Was attempt. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is that Steven Seagal would eat them all before they could get into packaging and actually ship out to people. He loved them so much. Yeah, well, he needed to swell to an incredible size and explode. That's yeah. where we are today. What was the name of his company? A uh, Steven Seagulls, uh, because most of the protein came from seabirds. Really? Steven Seagulls LLC. LLC. It's like albatrosses, seagulls. Yeah, yeah. Anything in the Gull family. Uh, A couple cormorants made it in there. Now, seagulls are often found in in pretty gross areas, Mm -hmm. and um, they're not eating the healthiest food. Why was that protein? That's the nicest thing to say about Massachusetts. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't stand for it. I'm a fan of Massachusetts. (laughs) Okay. And I'm a fan of the Naperville Boys Hockey Club, but the question hey, is, why was the seagull a sustainable choice? Was it just for the pun? Uh, well, their, their um, eggs contain the most uh, protein-housing albumin of all uh, birds. That's a science word. That is a science Thank word. Thank you. That is a science word. Do we think they're telling the truth? Oh, I thought that was a person, albumin. <laughs> That's how you know somebody's a Jedi if they have a high albumin count. (laughs) Off the charts with this one here. Telling the truth or are they lying? No. I mean, I know personally because I'm a man who's bought all protein stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I have have had protein gushers, which is a thing. But I have never... I have never had Steven Seagal's. Yeah, they're, they're from Jean Claude Van Damme. So they're lying. Yeah. Uh, do, do we have an answer maybe uh, instead? Steven of, uh, Seagal's meets and balls. Oh. <laughs> I I didn't come up with it. Uh, Steven Seagal did. Yeah. Uh, so the actual answer is uh, an energy drink. Uh. It was called Steven Seagal's Lightning Bolt. It was available in three flavors. We all know this, of course: Cherry Charge, Root Beer Rush, and Asian Experience. What? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I don't know what flavor Asian experience is. I can't even guess what that would be. Yeah. Sh- shockingly, is discontinued in two years. <laughs> like all of them, right? All, all of them, yeah. I have paid good money for Asian experience. Uh. <laughs> is, that, is that anything like girlfriend experience? <laughs> yeah, there's some ASMR involved in it. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, so uh, for, the, uh, for the Liz Andersons of Anarchy. Yeah. Now, yeah. not... Not everybody, of course, is going to be a fan of uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace, but everybody agrees that pod racing rules. Woo! Yeah, Yeah, right. Uh, So does podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Boo! Boo! We're on the same wavelength. I know, know obviously, you guys don't know what pod pod racing is, Uh, so try to think back to Halloween Havoc, 1995, right? When Hulk Hogan took on the Giant in a monster truck match on the roof of a Detroit convention center. This is real. R.I.P. Giant, who's thrown over the roof. Yeah, and inexplicably made it to his match five minutes later. Uh, So... In, in that match, just replace the giant with Sebulba and replace Hulk Hogan with Anakin Skywalker. Oh. Now that's pod racing. No. Oh. Okay. No. Now, speaking of monster trucks, uh, I'm curious. 
Who was the first woman to win the Monster Jam World Finals Racing Championship? All right, who was it? Who was the first woman to win the Monster Jam World Finals Racing Championship? Uh, that would be former AWA Women's Champion uh, Medusa Michelli, a.k.a. Uh, Women's WWF Champion Alundra Blaze. Okay. Obviously, you're familiar. Right. That was I'm a always, bunch of names. Of Were they all words. about the same person? Same person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's wrestling for you. Who has the most names of all the wrestlers? Uh, oh, that's my friend Luke Gallows. Yes. Who was That Swan sounds like two. Festus... Uh, Dorian Sex, Deville, Sex Ferguson, Sex Ferguson, <laughs> Tex Ferguson, <laughs> Freaking Deacon, Freaking Deacon, Fake Kane, the Big LG, Luke Gallows, uh, Hoss Gallows, <laughs> the Minister of something when he was in Aces and Eights, yeah. Minister Gallows. of Chaos, Doc Gallows. Oh, Director of Chaos, DLC, that was it. <laughs> now, is there a big secondary market for wrestlers as uh, monster truck drivers? Yeah, absolutely. That... I mean, after a while, your body starts to break down, but you don't lose the thrill of the rush, you know? So you got to just get in your car and use that as your armor after years of, you know, banging down on your knees. Yeah. And uh, same audience. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I'll be honest. I probably 70% of the time assume that Gravedigger is Both. a wrestler yeah. and not... A monster truck, but it is a monster truck. That's correct, right? I, I don't know if it's. Uh, do we yes. have a? Yeah, it is. Grave Bigfoot's rival. Do we get a point for Grave that? Digger. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, sure, I'll give you a point for knowing a name of a thing. <laughs> Nailing it. We're on the board. Uh, do we have any more questions? Yeah, Your Honor, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> and real quick, I just, for for the audience at home who who can't see us right now, I have to point out Pranks's outfit is fantastic. You're wearing a. Cape. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> highly realistic. It's highly realistic. Yeah. Is this someone in specific cape? Uh, mine. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, re- very wrestling too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, yeah. So cross examination. Um, I've been hearing a lot of talk about monster trucks, uh, and I just want to know who do you think is the biggest monster in wrestling? Oh, the Yeti. Okay. Yeah. Like literally or figuratively? Oh, well, his name was Ron Reese and he was seven foot two. Uh, but also there was um, Giant Gonzalez. Giant seven Gonzalez. Foot six. The fight. Loch Ness Monster was about 500 pounds. Yes. And okay. we can't forget about Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't necessarily a monster. Yeah. And the Yeti, who was dressed uh, like a mummy. Like a, like a mummy. Not, okay. a, not you'd think he would be like furry and stuff. Snowy. No, he was a mummy. And him and the giant both put their arms around. Oh, should we demonstrate? Yeah, Sarah, you will be Hulk Hogan. I'll be Hulk Hogan. Uh, You're the Yeti, and then you'll be the giant. She doesn't know. I think she should be Hulk Hogan. Okay, yeah. So Sarah will be Hulk Hogan. Uh, I'm the giant. I have. Hey, brother, I'm racist. I have heard heard a bear hug, and I'm just squeezing and squeezing. And this is the biggest monster in wrestling. He comes in there, and the Yeti comes, and then they just do this, and it's and it got real weird for everyone. Okay, Uh, just like it did in this room. Uh, No further questions. There can't be any questions, right? Yeah. Uh, Do we think they're telling the truth? What was one more time? The name? Medusa Medusa Michelli, aka Alundra Blaze. I think they're telling the truth about that hug they did, but not about that. Okay. So what, what do we think? The real answer is 
Uh, we decided before we even heard their answer, because we know the right one, uh, that is Yoko Ono. <laughs> Yoko Ono, okay. Yeah. I think we're about to hear some oh no's for the points. <laughs> You're right, because it was Medusa. Oh, no. I'm also from Indiana, so that's unfair to ask me monster truck questions. <laughs> uh, I should also say that. Okay, uh, let's let's move on. Let's uh, let's get. Some, we'll give you guys some points to, or some chances to get on the board here. We'll take the points. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. Why not? I'll give you five more. <laughs> Hell yeah! Why didn't you just say so? <laughs> Okay, uh, so with the introduction of an alternative product, wrestlers from the WWF began migrating over to WCW. Two such wrestlers were Scott Hall, a cool, cocky rule breaker, and Kevin Nash, his much bigger and hairier friend. So they're the Han Solo and Chewbacca of Monday Night Show. They would later go on to form the NWO, but as a pair, they were known simply as the Outsiders. The Outsiders also happens to be the name of a coming-of-age book written by you got this. written by S.E. Hinton. The book has sold over 14 million copies, was adapted into a movie by Francis Ford Coppola, and is one of the greatest young adult novels ever written. Yes. But the author was also considered to be an outsider in the literary world. What set the author of The Outsiders apart from her colleagues? Okay, that's going to be time. Uh, I want to know what set the author of The Outsiders apart from her colleagues. Uh, this is an easy one. She was 6'5". Okay. <laughs> Do you think it's strange for a woman to be 6'5"? Uh, most authors are very short. <laughs> Good point. No further questions? Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm just thinking of all my friends who are authors in the WNBA and how pissed they would be at that answer. I also, it's weird because I did a book report for The Outsiders grade three through six from only watching the movie. Um, so I haven't really read the book, but I do know the premise. And which, what's the based premise? Based on Daniel LaRusso and uh, the guy from Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon Bombay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the plot of this movie? Oh, I don't know. They slick back <laughs> hair and uh, I think one of them, they, ah, they smoke cigarettes. You Jock. Know yeah. Stay gold, Colt. Yeah. Stay gold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pony Boy was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah. The, we know the answer. Oh, well, oh, never mind. <laughs> I, I think we're right, right here yeah. if, you, if you think that's on the yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Do we think uh, Essie Hinton was 6'5? Is that the right answer? No, we think she was missing a hand. No. We changed it. <laughs> Kayfabe over no. here. She was she was uh, bo- both uh, a pony and a boy, and that's how they got the name for Pony Boy. A lot yeah. of people didn't know Naperville that. Naperville little assholes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I see. Uh, so, so both teams are going to be wrong here. Uh, what? Yeah, I, I know. Believe it or not. Uh, so she was, uh, she was actually 15. She was only 15 when she wrote the manuscript to the, the book, yeah. Uh, for comparison, when I was 15, I was just really into Dane Cook. Yeah. You're all going to jail. She was only 15. You shouldn't yeah. have read that book. Wow. She turned 18. Anybody who reads that book is say I'm going to jail. I've never read the book, so I don't know what we've done. Yeah. Well, you're, you're safe. Uh, okay, great. So in episode two, Attack of the Clones, an attempt is made on the life of Senator Amidala by an unknown assailant. Similarly, at Survivor Series 1999, an attempt was made on the life of Stone Cold Steve Austin when an unknown assailant hit him with their car. Eventually, we find out Rikishi was the man in the driver's seat. Yeah, that's right. 
But of course, uh, Rikishi didn't do it for himself. He did it for Duroc. Sort of like Amadala's would-be assassin, Django Fett, who did it for the crop. The crop of fresh clones that had been created from his DNA. Yeah, that's right. He worked the, really hard on that. No, no, please, please continue. Thank you. The discovery of this clone army was thanks entirely to the detective work done by Obi-Wan Kenobi. You could say he was a regular Dick Tracy, a detective who was starred in his own comic book, or excuse me, his own comic strip since 1931. Dick Tracy was such a good sleuth, he even managed to find a character from a different comic strip who had gone missing. What famous comic strip character did Dick Tracy track down after they went missing in their own publication? All right, Liz, and your sons of anarchy. What famous comic strip character did Dick Tracy track down? Uh, there would be none other than Dennis the Menace. Okay. Where did he find him? In the, Mr. Uh, Mr. Wilson's, Wilson's backyard. backyard. Yeah. It was kind of a fun crossover because the style was like Dick Tracy, Dick Tracy, Dick Tracy, and then it got a little like white picket fence, and then all of a sudden it was like, there he is, ad job well done, kind of a deal. And uh, which which publication was it resolved in? Was it a Dick Tracy? It was a Dick Tracy. It was a Dick Tracy. Yeah. But they'd kind of been like, in Dennis the Menace, because he was missing, they were like, you're going to want to read Dick Tracy. So what were the Dennis the Menace cartoons like? Was it just, so it everyone was, was just happy? Of, because... It was a lot of his mom and dad being like, this is kind of great. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, normally he's a menace, but now he's not here, and they wanted to soften up uh, Dick Tracy, and they thought, like, hey, we'll put a kid with him, because, you know, you guys like kids in those movies. Mm-hmm. And, you guys. Uh, you know, that worked, that worked out well uh, when they had a kid in the Star Wars movie. Uh, so they were going to do that with Dick Tracy, but then they were like, oh, this is a horrible idea. Yeah, and Dick Tracy first threatened Mr. Wilson with a Tommy gun, but then they were like, oh, no, don't shoot, and it was, it was okay. But for a second, there were a couple panels where it was like, oh, God, he's going to murder Mr. Wilson. Well, was Mr. Wilson the culprit? Was, was he the person who... <laughs> kidnapped no it was a misunderstanding Dennis the Menace was hiding he ran away he didn't feel like he got no respect at home right which is a nod to the late (laughs) (laughs) what a crossover event yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) okay that makes sense okay Um, yeah do we think they're telling the truth or are they lying no, they're definitely not telling the truth. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're liars. Uh, also, um, <laughs> I don't know if this is appropriate at this point, are. but uh, could we have some more points, please? Oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> um, there's dignity in not asking. I, there's I, also I, dignity in winning. I, I will say, you're still losing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what do we think of the real answer is, though? Uh, Hagar the Horrible. <laughs> uh, can I hear a little more about this, please? I mean, what? you could read about it, but... <laughs> He, he fell off his boat or whatever. <laughs> and Dick Tracy No, that's went true. He ocean. had a boat. He did have a boat. Uh, so the correct answer was Little Orphan Annie. Oh, I was, that was one of my ideas. That's right. Uh, Annie's comic strip ended in 2010 with a cliffhanger where she was kidnapped by a war criminal. In 2010? And she was 48. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Four, four years later, Dick Tracy found her in his own comic strip. Yeah. What like the a, fuck? They, they, were, they were owned by the same company, so they were able to do these crossover events. Like a war criminal or a daddy war criminal? <laughs> <laughs> give him some I points. I am give him some points for that. That's very good. Very good. But not from our point. 
No, no, you, no, no. Yeah, the little assholes are still going to get their points. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this is for a kickflip stone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very hard to say. One of WWF's most notable storylines during the Monday Night Wars, uh, and one credited with helping turn around the ratings for the company, mm-hmm. was the feud between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. So as the galactic emperor of the WWF, it was Mr. McMahon's job to either destroy Austin or turn him to the dark side. Eventually, Emperor McMahon presented Skywalker Steve Austin with his greatest challenge yet, Austin's own father, Mike Tyson. Okay. But in the end, just like Darth Vader, Tyson chose to ally himself with his own flesh and blood, which again was his son, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, outside of the WWF, Mike Tyson is known for one thing and one thing only, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Mm-hmm. And just like its namesake, this video game was also accused of causing injuries. What funny-sounding and alliterative injury was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out accused of causing to those who played it? Right, kick flips up. What do we think? What is the name of this injury Mike Tyson's punch out caused? That would be punch out pinky. Punch out pinky. <laughs> well, that, that can't. What, you play with your thumbs. Oh, you would think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, this is a bit of NES trivia, actually. Mike Tyson's punch out obviously came out on that console, and back then controllers had that square design to them, which was not ergonomic. At all. Uh, so if you held it too tightly, especially if your hands were small, it could cut off blood circulation to your pinkies. To also, Punch-Out was on arcade consoles, and that's uh, also where some of the injuries came from. We need to read. <laughs> that's where the wireframe costume in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate comes from, actually, when Punch-Out was uh, on the arcade consoles. And yes, we'll take points for that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> gotta give us some points. They asked for it. And here's some more points. We agree with we you. Agree. Wow, we agree. We agree. We think you're telling we the truth. We think that's right. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's amazing. Because uh, they're completely wrong. Yep. Ah. <laughs> that's what you get for trusting people. <laughs> then, then what's wrong with my fucking pinkies? <laughs> uh, the answer was Nintendo Neck. Parents thought these video games were causing Nintendo Neck uh, because children would spend hours lying down while craning their necks up towards the TV. Yeah. God, you guys remember Sega Sack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try to forget. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, Lysander's Sons of Anarchy. In, in episode three, in episode three, Revenge of uh, Revenge of the Sith, a lot of terrible things happen. The Jedi are double crossed and executed. Anakin murders a bunch of children, and the most evil being in the galaxy becomes the Emperor. But the most terrible thing of all is that apparently nobody involved in the production of the movie understood how childbirth works. <laughs> the WWF seems to have had the same problem. Since they had 77-year-old Mae Young give birth to a rubber hand on television. What? <laughs> That's true. Does nobody understand how parents work? If you ask Will Smith, he'll tell you that actually it's parents who just don't understand. Mm-hmm. In The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there was a butler named Jeffrey. What was Jeffrey the butler's last name? And for bonus points, what was his middle name? Parents all the same, no matter time or place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land... You parents just don't understand. All righty, what do we think? What was Jeffrey's last name? And if you have it, the middle name will be... Well, yeah, it's Jeffrey William Montague. Okay. Now, which episode does that get revealed in? Episode three, season four. 
Uh, and what's the storyline for that one? Can you just refresh uh, us? Because we've so, all we're all very familiar okay, with season sure, three. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, it was uh, it was which the three everyone knows three to five the sweet spots. Yeah. Uh, West Philadelphia. He was he was born and raised. Sure. We can yeah. fast forward a little bit. Um, uh, yeah. Skip intro. Uh, Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv were out of town for a lawyer convention. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So okay. Will and Carlton were like, "Let's have a pool party." Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, Jeffrey, who they thought was going to go back to London, actually missed his flight. Slept in. Uh, got real high the night before. Slept in. <laughs> that doesn't sound like they you, didn't show you that. On, think so? But it's okay. implied. But, heavily uh, implied. Yeah, heavily. Because uh, before he went to bed, he, he was, ate all the Cheetos. He, he, yeah, and then uh, so then they had this, that must have caused a problem for the party too, right? Uh, and <laughs> this had, is solid his, writing. His family back home were worried he didn't show up, mm-hmm. so they called the police. Uh, the Jeffrey, police or the Bobbies? The police. Okay. Well, because yeah. they're still in America. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Beverly Hills police come there, and and uh, and all of a sudden. Uh, Jeffrey, still high, is just raging with these teenagers. Mm-hmm. Tyra Banks is there. Everyone's there. And the cops are like, Jeffrey William Montague! As they're banging on the door. And they're like, who's that? And Jeffrey's like, that would be me. <laughs> oh, wait, can you, can do, you do, can you do another yeah, Jeffrey, please? Can you please do more lines, please? Hey, some other lines I'd like to hear. His big catchphrase. Master Phil, I'll go get you something to drink. That I'm was Jeffrey weaker than William that. Montague. That's pretty good. Can you do, uh, can you do did I do that? Did I do that? <laughs> that was like a subtle fuck you to, to Family matters. ABC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what are we thinking? Do we think they're telling the truth or lying? Just to, as a reminder, last time we did think that you were telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Marty put a lot of work into remembering the truth. <laughs> he did do that. Uh, we, we believe them to be lying. Wow, that's rude. Uh, what, what do you think the uh, actual answer is? We what? said we believe you. We, uh, we believe them. Yeah. To oh, you be do. Lying. Yeah. To be lying. Yeah. I'm uh, taking five points away from you. No. This, this isn't a labyrinth. I don't want to hear these like logic problems. That's all you've been giving us. <laughs> yeah. It's a. It takes so much effort to understand what the question is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a journey to get there. Uh, we believe his name is Jeffrey Butler. It is Jeffrey Butler. <laughs> But wasn't it fun to go on that journey about the house party? It was. I did give you some points for that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Do, do we have, before I reveal the middle name, do you know what the middle name is? Theodore. The. Uh, well, sorry? The. Which is short Theodore? Theodore? Sure, Jeffrey T. Butler. No, it was actually Barbara. Okay. okay. Uh, what? I don't know what to tell you. That's, just, that's what it is. <laughs> now, uh, one of the biggest draws of the WWF was Mick Foley. Foley had three distinct personalities, depending on what the occasion called for. Okay. Cactus Jack, the hardcore legend who never backed down from a fight. Dude Love, the sensitive hippie. And Mankind, a strange hermit living isolated from others. So basically, Mick Foley was wrestling's Yoda. Mm. Okay. Mm. During the Monday Night Wars, WCW had been beating WWF in the ratings for a year and a half. But Mick Foley defeating The Rock to win his first heavyweight championship in 1999 was a milestone for the WWF, who from, them, uh, from that point on never lost in the ratings war again. So speaking of TV ratings, in the United States, what primetime television series had the most seasons at number one, according to Nielsen? Can we get a PBR up here, Richie boy? <laughs> Thanks. All right, while Rich is doing that, uh, let's find out. What do we think the, uh, 
What, what's the answer to this question here? Uh, kick flips though. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Yep. Da, 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 da. Da. <laughs> Wait, that's Flash Gordon. <laughs> Is it not? Thank you, thank you, Rich, for the, you, uh, for Rich. the beers. Rich, you just got 50 points, man. You could win this game. Oh, yeah. Wow! Yeah. I think he's got a commanding lead. What, what do we th- <laughs> yeah, actually, you are in the lead. Uh, what do we think here? Uh, uh, I disagree. You disagree? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Give me, uh, give me. Are you, do you want to... Uh, they might be right. I'm just saying. No, no. Yeah, I know. They're wrong. Oh, oh you know they're wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Do we have a consensus here, or is this a... Uh, yeah, they're wrong. It was The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Okay. But there's like only ten seasons of The Simpsons. Uh, see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Simpsons oh, is still one. going. Oh, at number one. Yeah, at, at number one. And the, the other thing oh, that on, you on, have yeah, to think yeah, about yeah. how ratings are done, it's not just yeah. the oh, show's yeah. ratings at number yeah. one that get you that. If, uh, if you have a spinoff program that reaches number one, that also counts towards your total. Y'all count Frasier? Yeah, so yeah. Frasier counts wow. as part of the extended Cheers verse. And actually, we can also count Wings, technically. did Carla have a little short-lived spinoff? She did, yeah. She did. And, and the movie White Men Can't Jump, you count that also? Yes, yeah. that yeah. does count. That does count. And canon. all of, all of the Cheers novels. Anything with Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Yeah. Disney <laughs> bought Cheers and all those graphic Hunger novels games. don't count anymore Any now. Any movies Danny DeVito's in. Becker. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know Becker. what? We're going to agree with them. So you actually, you actually do agree. Cheers. Yeah. Is, wow. We didn't know. We didn't yeah. know the rules. And you know what? They're kind of winning us over with their personalities. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Maybe we can all hey, come so, to a solid Sarah, round. To, the, to you guys, we say cheers. Flash Gordon. Where everybody knows your name. The answer is actually American Idol. So starting in 2004, American Idol boasted eight consecutive number one rated seasons, which is why it's so weird that there's never been any other singing competition show since then. Yeah. I never thought I'd experience a moment like this. <laughs> Thank you. I voted for Ruben Stuttered. <laughs> he was great, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was great, yeah. Did he die? Wait, did, did he, he die? got seconds? Yeah. Clay Aiken won. We're, Clay Aiken lost. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I want to apologize for 2004. Yep. But he really won. <laughs> but he really won. That was Clay Aiken's so I obviously match, vote for the winner. 10. All right. Okay, so in episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, Luke Skywalker has to leave his companions to go train with Yoda on Dagobah. Before he can return, uh, his final trial has him enter a cave strong with the power of the dark side. While inside, he has a vision where he confronts and kills Darth Vader, only to discover that this vision of Vader was actually himself all along. Similarly, in 1994, The Undertaker took a leave of absence from the WWF only to discover that upon his return, he had to face his greatest challenge yet, himself. But, like, literally, yeah. His opponent was his actual doppelganger. Uh, This Underfaker was quickly dispatched. That's what people call him. Uh, People struggling with their darker sides has been a theme in creative works for centuries, perhaps most notably in the book The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde which in 1888 was turned into a stage play in London. The star of the play was such a convincing actor that some Londoners thought he might have secretly been somebody else entirely. So in 1888, who did some Londoners think Richard Mansfield might actually be? (laughs) 
what do we think here? Uh, who, who do some people think Richard Mansfield might have been? Wasn't uh, Jack the Ripper. There you go. Jack the Ripper. Yep. Before ladies fell in love with uh, Ted Danson. Ted Danson, the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Have you listened to the Ted Danson tapes yet? Yes, we have. They're really good, right? Yeah. They're really sweet and funny. Yeah. yeah. Ted Danson really and Al Bundy. Yeah, he Both loved Whoopi. <laughs> now, is this because when Jack the Ripper would murder prostitutes, he would make them run lines with him first? <laughs> it's kind of sad. He would... Um, oh, like, is it? Yeah, kind of sad. He would actually uh, recite them little poems that he had written uh, that kind of seemed stage play Oh, tell him one, tell him one. Yeah, so there's a famous one that all the school children learned. It's super inappropriate, but it was like, when the ladies come around, best be safe and sound. I don't want to make a fuss. I just want to see their puss. <laughs> which, in, which in old English sounds like, well, uh, yeah, that's how you would say yeah, it. It rhymes better. It, it rhymes, rhymes better. better. Yeah. It was like poos and doos and yeah. <laughs> Uh, but apparently Jack the Ripper was like a huge nerd. Yeah. Okay. But also like kind of a jock too. Kind of a jock. Yeah. yeah strong. Yeah, yeah. You right. gotta be strong. Yeah. What do we think? Are telling the truth? I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. They were, they were telling the truth. Jack hey. the Ripper. Why would we lie to you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, some at least one person wrote into the police uh, saying that nobody could play a mad killer as well as he did without also being homicidal. What a so. compliment. And nobody could spot a killer as well as I did, except for a killer. <laughs> <laughs> and in recent times, people called the FBI when Vince McMahon's limousine blew up on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So one, we of them, made one of them progress. was the president, I believe. What's that? One of them was the president. Yes, he said, my friend. Yeah. He got my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I missed him already. <laughs> he was the best. <laughs> all right, kick flips. That was your last chance for some, some points, all right? Eventually, you're doing pretty well, but you could be doing better. <laughs> we can't all be rich, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Rich is doing pretty well. Uh, eventually, both WCW, as well as the distant third-place wrestling promotion, ECW, were brought, uh, bought out by the WWF. As part of a storyline, Shane McMahon, Vince's son and acting owner of WCW, invaded Monday Night Raw, leading to war breaking out between the brands. Shane's sister, Stephanie McMahon, would join his side soon after as the owner of the ECW brand. Uh, of course, all of this took place at the direction of Vince McMahon, since he owned the parent company. So, just to get this straight, the man in charge of the WWF is actually working behind the scenes to orchestrate a war against his own republic, a war where the separatist forces, it turns out, are actually being led by his own apprentices. At the end of the war, this one man has managed to consolidate the entire galaxy of wrestling under his control. That's just a Clone Wars, baby. Yeah. Woo! Spencer, that was the best one. That was the best one you but did. But Vince called it Order 69, and I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, speaking, nice. speaking of clones... Why was the MTV cartoon show Clone High canceled? We all want to know, why was Clone High canceled? <laughs> nice. Um... It was actually canceled due to concerns over the portrayal of obscure Indian figure Gandhi. That's right. <laughs> Do we just want to move ahead? <laughs> it was a really good show. It was. <laughs> or is he's more popularly known, GFK? Well, That's a clone high joke. You, you were right. 
it. And then you said it, and yeah. I was like, yep. And then they did the Lego movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Conan was canceled after sparking protests in India over the depiction of Gandhi. Uh, and uh, to tie back into Star Wars, the uh, creators of the show, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, would later go on to also be fired from directing the Han Solo movie. Oh. It's weird that they put Gandhi in the Han Solo movie, though. So yeah. I kind of get that. <laughs> All right, final question. All right, here we go. You guys are doing okay, but you could be doing better. You know what? You don't have us fooled on that one. We know we're gold. <laughs> Pony boy. What was the GFK reference? Oh, oh it was uh, to Clone High. It was to Clone High. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was like a he was a Gandhi Kennedy or something. I wish. That was a big Gandhi freaking Kennedy. Gandhi freaking Kennedy. I think JFK, wasn't JFK also a character on Clone High? Yes. Yeah, yes. He yeah. yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, in episode six, Return of the Jedi, we're introduced to a rich crime boss named Jabba the Hutt, who has a penchant for hiring people to do his dirty work, not unlike the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. One of his last things the Million Dollar Man did while he was still with the WWF was introduce us to his protege, a man named the Ringmaster, who would uh, soon come to be known as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin happens to be the name of another man worth millions. Uh, in fact, he's worth six million. During the course of the TV show The Six Million Dollar Man, Steve Austin would find himself in all kinds of adventures, including an altercation with Bigfoot, not the monster truck. <laughs> Who played Bigfoot in The Six Million Dollar Man? All right, Liz, and your sons of anarchy. This is for all. This is for all the little assholes out there. Oh man, this is a tough one. <laughs> Do I just guess? Who, who Cold, played? Maybe okay. just just guess. Take, take a guess. We're gonna say uh, from Grenoble's France, a man named Andre Rusimov, aka Andre the Giant. And you know he's an actor. He was in The Princess Bride, after all. <laughs> underrated. So underrated, that movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I, I would like to... Um, it's kind of our duty as the nerd team. I would like to correct your question. Uh, we are technically now in the official canon introduced to Jabba the Hutt in episode four, not episode six. That's official? Yeah. That, I mean, that's uh, official, Actually, yeah. we're introduced to Jabba in episode one. That is true. Oh, During the, yeah. the pod racing scene, yeah. that's true. That's fine. Did he just... <laughs> So I guess we'll, pro- we'll probably take like 30 or 40 points for Oopsie that. Oopsie whoopsie wally do. You want 30 or 40 points? 30 or 40 Let's do 35. points. 35. 35, okay. yeah. Put the difference on that. Uh, we find your answer inconceivable, actually. Oh! No, yay for that one. Do you guys think... want to bet on this? Do you want to put some points on the line? You want to get crazy? Uh, are think? any of you Sicilian? Can or? we put... Do you want uh, a drink out of a goblet? Can we put Rich's 50 points on the line here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels yeah. appropriate. All right, we'll put... Yeah. I mean... Okay, so, so whoever gets this question right is going to get those extra 50 points. Wow, okay, cool. And right. if we all get it wrong, Rich gets all of our points. Okay. I love it. I, I love it. it. I love so it. I just wanna, hey, hey, Rich, Rich, Rich I'm going to sweeten the pot a little bit. You can coach the little assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. At the championship game this Sunday. Okay. Just don't say anything to the dads about how Colt hooks up with all their moms. Mom's the word. So here's where we're at in, in terms of points. Right now, Kick Flipsto has 95 points because wow. they have continued to ask me for points and have yeah. given them to them. Should we have been asking? You absolutely no, there's have. dignity in not asking. Liz okay. Anderson's of but Anarchy. There's not points. You would be destroying them. 
Because you are saying a 45 real points. Hey, can I tell you something? Go ahead. Our mascot is the one and only Liz Anderson. She's here tonight. Please stand up. Please stand up, Liz. Uh, we're Liz, so proud up. of you. She didn't sign any waivers. Uh, Liz Anderson's of Anarchy is our property. Uh, Liz Anderson wants their points. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm going to give them to her. Yeah. Okay. Hey, why okay. don't you give them to Rich if you're not a coward? <laughs> All right, oh, Rich. Yeah. Okay, so Liz, oh, Liz says she's not a coward. And then we get to we hopefully have... win Rich's points. Yeah. So yeah. now We're Rich is in the zero right now? Yeah. You're, hey, at, you're at zero. Can I ask you a favor? I need to know. Can I ask you a favor? Yeah, please. Can I have one, just one point one for point. our team? Yeah, yeah one okay. point. Sure, you got it. Right, okay, you you're on the board. You're on the board. You're on the board. Underdog. So the current score... Liz Anderson's Sons of Anarchy have one point. Pretty okay. good. Woo! Kick Flipstow and Rich are tied at 95. <laughs> Great. Let, let's, let's find out the answer. Liz Anderson to, at zero. zero. Oh, I'm sorry. Answer. Excuse me. Uh, what, what answer do you have? Uh, Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno. Oh, shit. It's a really good answer. Wow. The other Andre the Giant. Yeah. <laughs> First name, Loofer? Loofer? Yeah, yeah Loofer Igno. Yes. He was actually at that house party in the... Um, the Princess Bride. He, yeah, he, he, played, he played the incredible... <laughs> Let, let's, let's find out uh, who, if anybody, is taking up some points. God, we're having the fun. The answer is Andre the Giant. <laughs> hey, anybody want a peanut? Yeah! So that means at the end of the game, Kick Flipsto, you came so close. You had 95 points. Congratulations. But with 96 yeah, points. Yeah, we <laughs> Liz Andrews, Sons of Anarchy are the winners. Uh, I want to oh, thank... Spencer, Spencer, yep. really quick. Can yes? We get, can we get two points? I would love to give you two points, but the game was already ended. <laughs> because I'm in the middle of my sign-off. Everyone, thank you so much on the stage. Thank you to the audience here and everyone at home. Uh, thank you to Rich and Bonnie. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us at facebook.com slash lsdlshow. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show is produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Camelucci. Written by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, Simon Collier, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Fiona Stevens. Our panel this week, Marty DeRosa and Sarah Shockey, can be heard every Thursday on the MLW Radio Network, hosting their podcast, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. Colt Cabana is a professional wrestler who can be seen all around the world. Check out ColtCabana.com for more information on upcoming shows and merch. Pranks Paul can be heard on his podcasts, Never Tell Me the Pods, Adventure, and Autonomic. James D'Amato runs the One Shot Network, which produces podcasts about role-playing games. In addition to narrative shows like Campaign, a long-form story about Sky Pirates pulling an elaborate weekend at Bernie's Ruse. They also have discussion and interview programs like Backstory and Asians Represent. If you like role-playing games or you're curious, OneShot has something for you. Visit OneShotPodcast.com for more information. And finally, Johnny O'Mara co-hosts the excellent podcast Dilettante Ball, which can be heard right here on Arcade Audio. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcade audio for more info on how you can help. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.